It's Tuesday night. It is 8pm. It is the Rangers AF podcast. And you're probably wondering where we've been. We'll stop wondering because we're here. Uh, I'm your host, Snags. I'm joined tonight by my good friend and fellow compadre, Wasp. How are you doing, Wasp? You all right, mate? I'm, I'm buzzing, mate. Excuse the pun. <laughs> buzzing! <laughs> and returning uh, to the podcast is none other than everybody's da, Stuart Weir. Hello, Stuart. How are you doing? Returning through unpopular demand. <laughs> I'm sure I saw an advert for you, like £25 on a poll. It's a traffic light. Wasps, £25. Expensive, right enough. You should have uh, listened to a missing poster. <laughs> <laughs> like, podcast funded that. Coming to a swarm near you. <laughs> Beware of the bees. That no, was a different one. Um, so I, I suppose we should maybe talk about Rangers because that's a, a, you know what we're sort of here today. Although we did we did digress a wee bit and we're late, so apologies for that. But um, as you're no doubt aware, obviously Rangers scraped a two-one-one at the weekend versus uh, Motherwell, which was Scottish Premier League uh, away from home. Fifteenth of October kickoff was at twelve p.m. lunchtime kickoffs. We love those um, goals from Lundstrom and Tillman. Um, and I go from McKinstry that we'll talk about in a minute. Alan McGregor was obviously obviously still feeling generous for the previous Wednesday night. He had a had at least one more goal to ship, um, a wee gift there. But we'll talk about that in a bit more detail. But the Rangers lineup on the day was uh, McGregor, Tav, King, Davies, Barisic, Lundstrom, uh, Arfield, Matondo, Kent, Tillman, and Cholak. Um, so before we dive in and discuss the key moments, what was your what was your overall thoughts on the game, Wasp? Um, just going into it, mate. Didn't really care about anything else than winning and getting the three points. Um, it's, I always seem to worry about going to far part, but we, we seem to have like a cracking record there, eh? So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't care why I worry. Mean, eh? Doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> I, it doesn't mean nothing, and, but you know, um, but nah, I thought the lineup was, you know, as expected as we all the injuries and. So I thought, I just, you know, just win. And thankfully, that's what we've done, even though it wasn't a, a scintillating watch. I I felt that, you know, we, we were due a bit of a bounce back from Wednesday night. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, the Motherwell um, pitch, well, you didn't mention the pitch, but I'm going to mention it. You know, for, for me, it's like a like a Black Forest Gatto. It's a it's a strange, it's a strange mixture of of substances that you know looks like grass, but isn't he? Um, and you, you obviously see that when the players running it and the ball runs in it. It's a bit it's a bit weird. But um Stuart, did the did the game meet your expectations? Yeah, oh entirely. Um <laughs> the, the, you know and I'm I'm loath to say the first forty five minutes was utter dross, but I will say it. I, I mean, it was. You know, I I think I tweeted at the time that that Rangers hadn't lost a a league match at Fir Park for uh, twenty years. I think it is. Yeah. And the team looked as if that was a reunion after twenty years. They they, they honestly, there there seemed. There seemed little rhyme or reason to what they were trying on occasions. You get, and, and this, this is a constant thread, so to speak, through this season, that you have Rangers 
teams, and for the first forty-five minutes, you basically spend it. It could be a it could be a money-spinning game of guess the guess the formation, because there just seem to be people filling voids when they're not supposed to be there. And it was like, what what are you doing there, or what are you doing there? What position are you actually playing in? I I thought. I thought it was quite disjointed because Rangers were desperate not to lose anything in that first half, which meant that uh, Cholak was was getting further and further detached. And then, first of all, he was detached because he was pushing forward. And then they wouldn't have passed him when he dropped back to try and get involved in the play. And it was it was just a mishmash that first half. And I know, and I think. I don't know who maybe gave them the team talk or who rallied them or who inspired them, but I, I do think that, you know, words must have been had in that second half, coming out for the second half, because it, it, it was a far better and more disciplined display. And you mentioned there, Stuart, that um, the first half was, you know, forgettable. And what was what was funny to me was that the, the Sky Sports highlight reel included two moments from the first half in the first five minutes, and then yeah. it jumps to the second half. <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing, there's literally nothing else. Um, and I, you know, as as we mentioned at the start, you know, this this wasn't a uh, the performance of a team that was playing with any kind of urgency and conviction. Um, and nor did they look like they were wearing to you know atone for the midweek Cameron. Um, and <clears throat> so the kind of key moments for me in the first half were when the ball comes to you know both both howlers the by the way the kick off the, the half time whistle the first <laughs> the first five minutes um the ball comes into Ryan Kent on the edge of the box he takes the ball past his man you're like yes shoot Disney cuts inside and tries to shoot on his right um, when he should have hit it with his left. And he's done that quite a lot recently. Um, and, you know, we've talked at length about Ryan Kent and what's going on with him. But, you know, what is going on with him? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Where do you start, mate? You want to go, Stuart? You want to rip him apart or what? <laughs> I, 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 listen, I will, I will always say it about wingers. By their very nature, um, they are at, at best indifferent. You know what I mean? It was, it was, you know, as somebody once put it to me regarding Davy Cooper many, many years ago, um, you know, his his mediocrity shines through at times because you don't know what you're, you don't know what you're going to get, and and, and I think, I think he, um, I'm talking about Ken here. I think he's suffering from a basic lack of confidence, and maybe no confidence, maybe a lack of self belief. Maybe in his head, he knows what he's capable of doing and what he's trying to do, but his execution of it is absolutely woeful. And you can see the the example you gave there, Stag, is absolutely spot on. He goes towards the defender, cuts inside and beats him, and then all of a sudden the ball is like a foot and a half further on from where it should be, and he is showing absolutely no intent of, of trying to finish it. And yeah. that is just somebody who's either trying to pass the buck or badly pass the ball. But I, 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 he's he's just so not at it compared to what he could be like or what he should be like. No, totally. And you know, yeah. he's only got a, he's only got to place it in the bottom corner, whether that be with a toe poke with his left foot or a side foot with his right. You know, it's it's an easy choice, but he just seems to overcomplicate it. Um, 
at the moment, and that's obviously working at a, at a detriment not only to the fans' perception of him, but his own his own self belief and confidence. Like you, like you quite rightly point out there. Wes, what's your thoughts? I, I agree a lot with what Shirt's saying. Weekend and going back a few weeks when you know at Tynecastle we looked to see we were getting him back. You know he, he got a goal and an assist, and I thought right, that's that's got to kick him on and. Like Stuart said, he just seems to overthink things and it's it's just like the same old issue. Either he likes cutting in or he's waiting for Borna the overlap when, you know, sometimes when he cuts in, he's got three, four players and he just plays the wrong pass constantly. Um, I think he just needs to, he, he just needs to believe a bit more in himself. You know, he's, he's, he's built, quite strong he's like his physique's quite strong so and he's fast he just needs to use that to his advantage and the amount of times that he's had opportunities he go one-on-one with people and he just he, he doesn't dare eh? and i think that's more the issue than you know what he's showing now he just doesn't he's not got that willingness to take on i feel like barris it's just quite the same if he's not got a forward pass on or a a safety pass, he, he just goes back and starts again where we should be switching it up. And a perfect example was, you know, when we had Tom Lawrence in the team, especially at the PSV game at home, where he was kind of like the focal point on that left side. So he was, Barisic was playing into him, then they were going wide and then we're playing balls centrally. And he was constantly kept the, the fullback and the, right centre-back thinking constantly and I just feel the now where Kenny went back to that style of play where Kent will get it, Barisic will overlap and the cross goes in and sometimes we've only got one player in the box and that's Cholak, you know, and it's we just need to mix this style of play up and it's weird how far Kent's fell away but I, I feel like there's a lot of players the now that have just fell away Um no, just Ken, but Ken, he does give you a lot of hard work and he does track back like to help out in defence. But uh, I just, <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> but see, but see if you if you if you're a winger, you have it within your possession, so to speak, of deciding what you are going to deliver. And and I've spoken to you know a great many wingers over the years, and and you know. You, you you take it from from what they're saying about it being like, um, it's all to do with confidence and all the rest of it. But see, some of them, some of them can break it down to very, very, you know, absolute basics. I'm the winger. I know I can go by you. I only need to get half a yard past you to get a cross in, and that's how basic it is. It's like, what side am I going to go on? If I get to the outside, I only need half a yard, and there's a cross going in. And see, once the winger does that, once he puts a cross in, it's then up to whoever's arriving in the box or who is in the box to make something of that. He can only do, he can only do so much. And the one thing he does do, if he does that often enough, it does build confidence because after about three or four goes at that, he then decides, actually, I've got a beating this guy. I'm going to dummy this time and then I'm going to take him on on the inside. And they play their way into a game. Whereas I just think it's almost like um, you know, there's a two-piece jigsaw. Instead of sticking to the two-piece jigsaw, Kent is trying the thousand-piece piece of the Titanic at night 
in the dark and it's just black and white and grey and he's trying to piece all that together rather than sticking to just looking at, you know, a, 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 a simple, you know, kids, mother care, six months to a year jigsaw and do the simple things. He just overcomplicates it time and time again. That piece, that piece is missing after life raft as well. We can't oh, complete it. it. <laughs> I mean, he can't. He can't complete the two-piece one. There's a lid. There's a lid. <clears throat> it's upside down. <laughs> dinosaur again. I can't build the dinosaur. But um, no, I, I, I just, you know, I was, I was thinking about it there as you were talking, and and it's and it's clear, you know. A lot of people are saying, you know, what's 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 Geo's tactics and what's the style information of the team and all that stuff. But in the in the Motherwell game, for me, it was it was clear that that you know the majority of our play was 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 doing that left hand side. But as Wasp said, we were we were pushing the overload, um, obviously with Barisic um, overlapping, and Kent seemed to go for that option more often than not, which would suggest that it was a tactical thing rather than a mindset thing. Um, but at the same time, it was still apparent that there was there was a massive lack of urgency in his play overall because like you say you know he's he's, he's somebody that's that's built for speed aggression and explosiveness and it seems to have just you know vanished vanished out of you know out of his game um and to be fair you know there was a moment um which i've i've written down here from which was in in, in five minutes where uh, <laughs> got a, Connor Golson, I mean Leon King, <laughs> plays plays a long diagonal ball, which which was sweet as by the way um, to Ryan Kent. And he brought it down first time and plays it um, to Barisic, who crosses first time for Tillman, and then Tillman uh, basically he's probably got too much time. To be fair, he tries to curl it in the top corner and it flies over over the bar at the top of the cake, um, and. He's actually got Arfield to his right hand side, which is probably a better option to be fair. But you know, he's kind of root one in his head anyway, which he, which he obviously makes up for later on, which we'll discuss. But um, again, it just kind of highlights the disjointedness of our of our attacking play. Um, second half, um, obviously more to talk about in the second half. Again, uh, ball comes to Ryan Kent, plays the ball to Barisic, cross comes into Cholak, heads it wild, heads it wide, and he's actually it's it's a free header. Um, and again, you know, that kind of brings strength to the to the kind of confidence um, angle that we were talking about. You know, Cholak, when he's in those in those scenarios and he's got the time and the space, he's gonna bury that, you know, and it's a reactional thing for him. And you know, for me that was that, that, that you know that that was odd that he didn't even didn't even get it on target. Um but then but then <laughs> um Malik Tillman with the moment of the game, right? Fifty-two minutes. Um, and I don't know if you've seen that video that was going about Twitter, but I love it. Like you know the the we uh, I don't know if he's Spanish, Argentinian, the commentator that makes the car noises eh, eh, when he starts running. Oh, it absolutely has me in bits. Anyway, drives forward, leaves five Motherwell players in his wake. Right, uses Matondo as a decoy to take it past the final three. Scores the best goal of his Rangers career. Uh, drops his shoulder more than a guy with a limp. Right, and um, there's actually. A lot of criticism um, that's come out regarding this goal, right? And and some people in particular have said, if that was scored against Rangers, you would be apoplectic, right? Which is which is a valid point, by the way. But for me, like I'm just thinking, it's all happens like the the, the whole entire game has been boring, slow, <laughs> and predictable to this point, right? And Malik Tillman's just like, I've had enough of this, and everyone else is like. 
what the fuck just happened? Do you know what I mean? I think that's <laughs> genuinely what's genuinely what's happened there. I don't think it's you know you can be too hard on on the Motherwell defence. I think there's a lot of skill um, and 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 you know power play involved here. But I mean that for me was was unbelievable. Um, and give me your thoughts on that. Oh, I think um, good pal of the show, CJ Novo, summed it perfectly up on Twitter, mate. He just went. Tillman got the ball and went, fuck this, I played for Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, you know, that sums it up perfectly, mate. Eh? But like you said, if, if that was that was us and that goal was getting scored against us, you would be like going nuts at someday. At least they put a tackle out or pull his shirt yeah, back or, exactly. or something, take a professional foul. But it was <laughs> the game needed something like that. Eh? It just needed absolute. Like I watched it back last night, and I was like, "That is absolutely class." That there's like half the Motherwell team plus the Motherwell ultras trying to chase Tillman, and he just puts it in the net. It's, it's brilliant, eh? And the, see, the, the team needed see, it, eh? That what they did. What they did uh, exactly. But see, when you watch it again, even if you watched it thirty times, after his first two touches. You think he's going to lose this? <laughs> it's just he's going to hit his shin or bobble off his knee or something like that. I, I, I could, he- I could hear that sort of famous bit of commentary of what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> and and but the thing was, it was it, it was a different type of goal. But you remember the one that Ricky Villa scored in the FA Cup final, where it was like, this is not going to come to anything because he's just going to, you know fall over the ball or something like that and it and ultimately scored a magnificent goal. And that's what a bit with that goal was like. It was it was you know the, the defenders did look as if they were entering the Lanark, North Lanarkshire best man falls competition. Cause they all just you know I, it it looked like something it looked I I put it on Twitter it looked like something a, a kind of stunted scene from the Great Escape. Or, or the recall, the, the escape to victory, where you've got real footballers put against extras, and the extras are told to make it look as if they're trying to tackle, just fall over. And that's what it looked like. And, you know, it, I, I don't want to get too carried away, but it looked as if it's some kind of magnetic force field that drove the defenders away, because they were all going in different directions, and he just wandered through this big gap in the middle and popped in a still a good finish, I have to say. Right. Because the, the the difficult part was actually once it, once it's suddenly you and the goalkeeper, what are you going to do? And he showed an amazing amount of um, you know coolness under a lot of pressure because he's he's created that pressure for himself by actually dribbling through the entire Motherwell team. You know the <laughs> North Lanarkshire Council, a couple of folks who can look out walking their dog, you know, and and just pinged it in the corner. A great. Great goal, great finish. In fact, it was a it was a better goal than that game deserved at that point in time. Uh, it was like a classic five aside goal, wasn't it? That was <laughs> your man. <laughs> no, wasn't it? It was your man. A classic five aside goal when one of the teams turned up pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? No, I was picking up Pim. No, you weren't. <laughs> He actually managed to get a bag of crisps as well for the self-service checkout at Sainsbury's <laughs> on the way. <laughs> Hashtag, there are other supermarkets available. Uh, um, Aldo makes a good point, Snags. Um, what was that, mate? Yeah, I've highlighted it here. Oh, the big um, the, the big letters on the screen there. Aye, uh, see if you put your glasses on, mate. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I've, got um, them, I've got them. <laughs> get them on, Clark Kent. But 
I, I totally agree. I think uh, Tillman is actually wasted on the right or just any wide position. He's he's not like that. It's, you know, it was kind of like when we used to play like Stephen Whitaker in the in the wide right. It just didn't seem to work. Um, I feel like he is far better centrally than or just behind the striker. Really, you know, like it would be interesting to see him just like play off. Um, is like a, a number nine just off Cholak, you know. With he's also a bit of a unit, isn't he? He's a, I mean, yeah. he's a, he, physically, a big he's got that, right? He's that, that, that kind of stature. There, there's bits of he's no, he's obviously given the fact he's no Ibrox rather than still being at Bayern Munich. There's a bit of how he plays the game, a bit like Thomas Muller, that he can. Thomas Thomas Muller was one of these guys who often get forced out, kind of wide right because he was quick and he would run up and down and all that stuff. But actually, when he played centre, he added so much more to his game because he could dribble and he could also get on crosses. Hence the reason why, you know, Germany and several tournaments used Muller as, a, as, as the striker. Um, I would never, I'm not, I am not, for anybody who's listening or watching, I am not comparing Tillman to Thomas Muller, but you can see maybe that influence of how Bayern practice and how they train and, and how they, they utilise certain people you could see how he he would be, you know, would find a place at, at Bayern and and I, and again, not before time that he actually, you know there are too many, I thought he was going to be sort of categorised and, and filed under, you know, like one of these um, famous signings from, from that, that Rangers made over a great many years Um you know that oh he was he was in the youth team at Barcelona or he was he used to be at Man United or something like that and it was like what it was work you know selling those bags of crisps snags we're talking about you just had to wonder exactly whether he was a player or whether he was just somebody that turned up and been you know and locked in a cupboard somewhere. I and you know like see see to touch on Tillman obviously I agree with with um, what I think it was Aldo was saying obviously he has to play more central that's that's without a doubt his best position but see for see for me I think the reason he doesn't work out wide right is because he's more exposed because he becomes a focal point and he's required to do a lot more work than he's used to and I think that shows I think that's why we we tend to get frustrated with him but when he moves back in centrally you know no saying that he can hide a wee bit more but I think that kind of suits his style and his work rate. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's why why it obviously works better um, in that regard. Um, he ta- so- he, he, he's able to take up. He's able to take. Doesn't matter where he is. He looks as if he's fulfilling a role or a position because it can be used as a kind of like a pivot almost for the for the move to build up round about him. You're absolutely right in what you're saying there. When the when, when he the ball's within about five yards of him, and he's just taking like one touch and moving it on. That's when he, he looks at a decent player, as you say. When he's when he's out wide, it's like all eyes go onto him. You know, it's like focus on him, and he, he just becomes a big target then. And, and unfortunately, I think when he does go a bit wider, he becomes a target for Rangers players just hitting high balls wide and hoping they'll get some kind of either he'll get some kind of knock on or some kind of break of the ball. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and it just it just doesn't work. Um, so hopefully, I that's a. That's a change now that will never happen again. <laughs> See if in the mind. But but um he replaced McGregor. I don't, didn't he? So 
68 minutes, right? There's a corner on the left-hand side. Who who else but Bonabaric takes? And John Lundstrom comes from deep, bends a run, round past the defender. It's beautiful. Gets ahead on it, takes a deflection off of the Motherwell defender's boot and goes in. Kind of luck that we need. And obviously a lovely um, a lovely goal for John Lundstrom. Um, no much more to say about that. But the next moment in the game had me in absolute stitches, right? It was the classic um, commentator's curse. 76 minutes, Ian Crocker goes, Rangers haven't been troubled much by Motherwell as they're about to step up and take a free kick. (laughs) And it's a guy called McKinstry who sounds like a well-known pie brand. I've never heard of him before. But anyway, (laughs) it's up on the left. And it's a proper tight angle. And I tell you what, it was reminiscent of um, James Tavernier versus Hibernian Ibrox very early in his Rangers career where he hits the ball from the left at a very impossible angle and it, and it hits after his crossbar and goes in. It's a cracker of a goal. But anyway, this one was slightly different in that um, he hits it <laughs> and you see and you see it. You see it from the angle that's behind Alan McGregor. Like So so when you see it from the first initial two angles, you're, you're a bit like, well, the ball maybe moves a wee bit in the air from the way that McGregor kind of shimmies a wee bit or he's expecting one of his players to come and get it. But when you see it from the angle behind McGregor, just watching it, what he's like, Watching it go, it goes, it goes in behind him, and he's like, "Oh fucking!" Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, when when I opened up the podcast and I said he was like Santa Claus, I wasn't he joking about lads. You know what I mean? This is exactly what it was reminiscent of, um, and it was, you know, I think kind of um, it highlights, um, you know, McGregor's ability to make mistakes like that, particularly in in uh, league matches. But what was your thoughts on it, anybody? Aye, it was, it was just as bad as you said, Snags. I was just like, Why, what, what has actually happened to you, Ray? I don't know if he's anticipated it to dip at the last moment. I just, or like the sun's in his eyes, but then surely he's mitigating that way, like wearing a hat, just like, you know, who was it? The Wigan goalkeeper? It used he's to no day in this, by the way. He's no day in that. Aye, <laughs> well, aye, true, but aye, you can't justify it. Somebody at his standards, mate, he's just... I don't know. I just don't know why we didn't hate people on the post, mate. It's just, it's just someday on the post, or even better, yeah. swing, swinging from the crossbar. That's a, that's a, that was that was a good position there. I mean, listen, it was a complete aberration. It was a, it was a, um, a total misjudgment by him. Yeah. Whether he was, whether he was watching for somebody coming in at the far post or. So, whether he was concentrating too much on somebody making a run across him, he forgot the basic, and that was you watch where the ball's going. And it was a dreadful goal to lose. And you know, and as I said in you know Sunday um on 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 Twitter, unfortunately with McGregor, he's made he played himself back into the team by making, you know, a, a save after save usually in very difficult circumstances but I would say in the last week especially but if you looked at it over this season and even last and especially maybe even last season you're starting to remember McGregor more for the mistakes he's made than you are the saves that he's made and that was never Alan McGregor's style you know you could always list a you, you would always say, well, that save, that would be in the, the sort of greatest hits compilation by the end of the season. Whereas if you, you know, 
I think it's a double disc this year for Christmas. The good and the bad and the ugly of of Alan McGregor because he. I, I think I, I just put that down as a howler, and you know, and I, I think yeah. I said it on here. Right, you know, Rangers at the start of the season or during the summer when I mean, they were doing a you know business here, there, and everywhere. I still think I still thought they should have been going and going out and getting a number one goalkeeper because it would have taken the pressure off McGregor playing into his 50s. And, you know, I, I mean, McLaughlin, a, a decent enough goalkeeper, but that's as, for me, that's as, that's as good as it gets. McGregor can come back and take his place by stringing a couple of decent games together. But I still think that, I now think there's actually a mistake in McGregor. And I thought that last season, and he proved it a few times last season as well. And I think that should have been, you know, an area that Rangers really stiffened up and strengthened. And I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and, you know, anybody else in the scouting system at Ibrooks, I think they're culpable for this one because they should have identified somebody and basically get out and get somebody who is going to be a number one for the next five years, if not longer. And Grant makes a absolutely cracking point that I was just going to bring. Surely, like the saving grace the last couple of weeks is McCrory has actually signed a new deal where it looked at one point we were going to lose him to, you know, some some uh, Premier Premier League club. But, you know, he, he came in last season um, in the old forum and he was absolutely outstanding in that old forum. Then he went to, was it Alice Kirk? Is that who we... <laughs> narrowly beat um, Alice, Alice Springs <laughs> Alice Cooper but, <laughs> I wanted them all day um, but no nah, I just I just think you know at this point Rangers through what I can gather the youth set up the next crop of goalkeepers we're going to have we're going to be in a, a good position in the coming years unfortunately that doesn't solve the problem we've got now where you know McLaughlin, he got given his chance at the start of the season, and unfortunately he's he's not took it, and then he, he he got injured. I don't know if that was just maybe just to pull him out the firing line and you know get his confidence back. And then McGregor's came back, pulled a few games together and looked good, and then you know it's it's just disappointing now we lost that goal. You know we go two 0 up, we're looking reasonably okay, and then. It just you, you wouldn't be surprised if we end up going to draw that game at Fort Park um, after after that <laughs> fluke free kick. But I agree with Grant there. I think Robbie McCrory is like I've had the the pleasure of meeting him, and he, he's a big guy. You know, he's nice. like he's got nice. a good frame for a goalkeeper. We might be pals. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, what you like? Uh, name dropper, what you like? Uh, oh, Stuart, <laughs> I'm the name dropper. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but now nah, I think I think it is time for him, and hopefully we can maybe get another goalkeeper because I, I just don't see John McLaughlin coming back in and being a number one. I don't know if he'll stick around to be a number two, and I just feel like McCrory, like with tied him up and this is the time to start yeah. getting him in and he is a cracking keeper you know he's 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 good with his feet as well you know and i just feel like we've kind of got ready like useless goalkeepers we didn't need like andy first sorry 
but you know what the TD at the club for the last couple of years. But I think Grant makes a cracking point there. I think you, um, you only so you only know how good he is if you actually give him the chance, though. Yeah, you know to to to, to highlight the game against Celtic and it, and your and that is still your one point of reference. I don't think is doing him any favors or or is doing the club any favors. You know, if he proved himself there, you go back through history, so to speak, and look at goalkeepers that got their chance, and then people stuck. You know, you look at the and I'm not comparing like we like here, but you look at the age of guys like Casillas, what age he was when he got a, a chance, Gigi Buffon, I mean, he was about 18 when he started playing with Parma, and I I don't know who he's played for just now, he's about 48 now, no, he's, he's played for about the last 30 years, and I think if you're going to take, especially with a goalkeeper, they will, at any age, they're likely to make a mistake, and they can make more mistakes when they're younger. But if you see somebody there that you think can do a job, you have to persevere with them and give them a chance. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. No, no, sorry. I was just going to say that, that, you know, and I think Aldo mentioned that in there. He should be playing tomorrow. I think that would be key. Um, We'll see, obviously, what Giovanni van Bronckhorst picks tomorrow you know as Stuart said earlier it might be Malik Tillman in goals who knows <laughs> um but I think that's a, that's the kind of perfect opportunity to to a make a statement um but b let you know McCrory know that we are actually committed to him out with you know his uh, contract renewal that happened um, in the week exactly but to announce yourself in the, the biggest game in Scotland um we're depleted we didn't have a manager with all the Covid um isolations etc and at that time, they were flying, you know, and just, he, he was absolutely exceptional. Like, he's one-on-ones, he made himself big. I just think it, it needs to be the time, and Stuart made a cracking point about Buffon. Um, I think the last player that I can really remember who was a young goalkeeper was Donnarumma, and now he's right. he's at PSG, you know, like, right. what was it, like 16, 17, he came into AC Milan team. And showed how good a keeper he's turned out to be. Italy is number one for well since Buffon retired. Right, you know, yeah. so so uh, it just uh, sometimes I feel like Rangers are going in the right direction, and I think other times we just need to we need to back our youth a, a bit. And I, I think when Grant brought that point up, obviously he's he's got an insight. Um, like <laughs> I think his two boys are goalkeepers, and um, he'll he'll know who the next kind of Next top um, top keepers are coming through at uh, Rangers. Aye, absolutely, mate. Um, and 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 I think you know just to just to kind of close on the Motherwell Rangers game. I think we're we're all in agreement that despite the result being good and that we've got three points, I think um, it very much papers over the cracks um, in terms of what <laughs> we've got so far. <laughs> and I think I did, you know, say, I, think we'll... I did say that in Sunday. I did say that in Sunday that the 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 hallmark of a a good team is one that can play badly and still pick up three points. Rangers are on the brink of the World Club Championship. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was dying at times. Be honest, it was absolutely dying at times. But it, you know, it's it's um, job done. Move on. Aye, and we've got you know, I, I think we've got a potential fifteen points to pick up before the World Cup. Um, and I, you know, personally, if you were to ask me right now, do I think that's that's possible? I would say likely not, um, based on what we've seen so far. But you know, 
you never you never quite know with this Rangers team what you're going to get, you know. So you know we can only hope um, that things that things look up um, between now and then. But I'm not holding my breath. As Archie as Archie Knox once famously said about Scott and Isbet, every pass is an adventure, and it is a bit like watching Rangers over ninety minutes these days. Uh, it's so like um, some, some name drops there, Stuart. Eh? It's like um, space, space mountain at Disneyland last minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, the circumstances, right? Aye, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on, moving on to a quick word for your sponsors. Please subscribe <laughs> to the Rangers AF podcast. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a change. I'm feeling it in the air. No, we were in it. It was yeah. true. No, no, totally. Oh, so sorry. I am. Um, no, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. <laughs> no, you weren't. I was just there. thinking that. I was just thinking that. Um, anyway, shall we move on to the next, to, to, yeah. to the next game? Just Snags, what do you call this? What, what do you call this again? A sample. It's a glass. <laughs> it's a glass. No. Squash, mate. You... It's a squash. Oh, no. It's Come England. on, man. England ruined you, man, eh? When I Come went on. down to Snagsy's house, he's like, all right, mate, you want you want a squash? I was like, what? You, you mean a diluting juice, mate? You need to slope that pattern right away. Squash. <laughs> you done? Moving it's on. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, Rangers versus... Dundee in the Premier Sports Cup quarter-final. Oh, look at us. We made a cup quarter-final. What could possibly go wrong? It's at 20, 2015, quarter past eight in the evening. Getting closer to midnight, these kickoffs. I love it. Uh, 19th of October, 2022, which is Wednesday, obviously. Uh, live at Ibrox on Premier Sports 1 HD and Rangers TV. <laughs> Hopefully see the return of uh, Kamar Roof and Alex Lowry. But um, based on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst words in the press conference today, of course, if you've not seen it, obviously, please check it out. Um, but what's your thoughts going into this game, Wasp? I think Alex Lowry is playing in the B game tonight, mate. I don't think he's making tomorrow's game. Um, but it's it's positive to hear um, about Kamar Roof. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, I'm glad everybody's on board. But no, mate, um, it's good. It's good to see Kamar Roof coming back, and apparently he's got to get minutes. And you know that's that's brilliant, mate. It's it's long time overdue. And hopefully, you know we can start turning a corner. Um, <laughs> the injuries are just racking up and it's getting to the point where there's rumours of captains playing with injuries and all sorts but I uh, just want to highlight this comment uh, that Ross has done and I totally think that should be utilised tomorrow um, you know especially like, depending on how the results go on at the time during the game but I think there's, this is the time to maybe implement, <laughs> implement um, just ban him man <laughs> just implement a few changes maybe you know I, I said this to you a few weeks ago in the group chat maybe we should go free at the back but then that leaves us open if God help us uh, we get another injury and we've not got a, another centre back um, but you know this I would like to see Charlie McCann in there James Sands maybe McCrory and Obviously, like fashion, uh, Sakala and 
maybe Matondo on the wings, even even Yilmaz, you know, um, it's, it's just, it seems to be causing a lot of uproar the now that he's not getting a start, but to be fair, would would you drop Borna Barisic to now the way he's playing to throw Yilmaz into a far park or uh, a Liverpool, would you would you throw him? I think we need to be careful because he's, he's a young up-and-coming player. He surely has to get more minutes than he has, but would you guys expect him to go in the team the last couple of games, or this is the perfect opportunity? I think. Um, so, sorry. So it's always been a, it's always been a difficulty that when you've got an expectation that Rangers are desperately trying to win trophies, but equally blood new players or at least see how players would fit into the, the, the current kind of network and system. That that's a real a really difficult job. I've I've never envied any manager in in that position. If you go back far enough, um, if I you go back thirty years, thirty thirty years just now, you know, you remember the run that Rangers set out on, you know, forty four games unbeaten and what happened in the Champions League and all the rest of it. But remember that was also a time when you had Walter Smith introducing the likes of. Um, Gary McSwiggan, introducing the likes of Neil Murray, introducing the likes of Stephen Presley into that setup and playing in big games as well, and and successfully managing that and you know and achieving um, them as or, or establishing them as first team squad players. So you 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 just have to pick your time. I remember in terms of Neil Murray, he gets a big chance doing it. Um, down at Stranraer in a League Cup tie and and looked as if he'd been playing in that kind of, you know, right full-back, right wing-back sort of type for, for years. But again, that was in a game that maybe suited Rangers, that there were that there were enough guys in the team that could carry the team and get a win for Rangers against Stranraer. It's not maybe as easy against the likes of Dundee when you're trying to pick up the entire team's trying to get confidence, never mind one or two individuals that you're bringing in. Um, and and also the fact that the, the closer you get to the sharp end of a tournament, the more pressure there is on you. And especially it's a quarter final, every Rangers fans they are a quarter final, so it's into the semi finals. So if you have that kind of ex- level of expectation as well, it's difficult to have these kind of you know experiments. Yeah, and 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 I absolutely agree with you. I was I was trying to think there, um, other kind of um, players that were brought in um, that you know we 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 kind of put straight into the first eleven. I can't I can't think of many, um, particularly over the past few seasons. But I mean, certainly from 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 Yomazi's, um perspective, obviously we did spend a lot of money on him, and it's clear that he's, you know, he's he's kind of utility cup this season. But I would expect him to be more heavily involved next season. And I think um, you know, in in terms of players coming coming from leagues abroad as well, it tends to take them like at least one to two seasons to get used to the different you know, the different style of the league as well. You know, there's a there's a there's a pathway that needs to be managed. I think um, you know, and uh, and and that's clearly something that you know Van Bronckhorst and his team are doing with him. But see, see, seeing that and and guys that are introduced into the team like that, they've got they've got two things they need to learn. One is what's expected of them playing in that position, which isn't always that difficult to unearth or, or to see. The most difficult thing is, is how they then play with a guy directly in front of them or the guy directly beside them. That's where the understanding needs to be. 
because you could be a you can be an absolutely fantastic player, but if you're not playing beside the right guys or guys that try to to help you, you're going to look like a square peg in a round hole. Yep. Barisic has that luxury just now of knowing the people that are in and around and knowing that if if Kent drops off and or plays the ball, he can bomb down the outside. Or the outside. I don't think Yilmaz has that level of confidence or understanding quite yet. Um, you know, at, within that Rangers team, and and, and again, you, you you might be right there. It might take a good a good few months, it might take a season before he suddenly you know becomes somebody who's dependable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think as well, you know, to, just to kind of touch. Sorry, was but I was just seeing a a, a comment there about Aldo saying uh, Lawrence and and Cholak are the only two players that come to mind. Um, Absolutely get that, but I think what you were saying about Barisic there as well, sure. I think there's there's a don't laugh at the back. There is a spine to this team, um, you know, in terms of 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 players who understand each other um, and and are relied upon. You know, your Barisic's, your Taverniers, your Goldsons, um, and I think that's 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 you know clearly apparent across across the back line. Um, and in terms of players like Lawrence and Cholak, you know, obviously Lawrence coming to plug a gap on. On the right wing, that you know, we 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 obviously struggled to fill. So you know, that was that was more of a shoeing for him. Um, and Cholak obviously offers something completely different to Morello. So that gave us a bit of you know, kind of tax, tactical flexibility um, in the kind of you know the striker position. But I think in terms of Yilmaz and and you know the left back at the moment, I think he's just considered utility. And I think um, obviously going forward that may change uh, depending obviously what happens next season and the season uh, seasons onward. But I'm. You know, for me at this moment in time, I'm not panicking that he's not being utilised as much as you know some people think he should be. Is it? Am I right in saying that he's he's, he's still learning English as well, which is another thing. You know, yeah. like Baris, Barisic actually speaks good English. You know, um, I, I just um I I think like all the fans that are we're excited to see him because he's an unknown quantity. He's he's a foreign player. We've, we've spent a bit of money. We've looked. He's came for a big club as well, and we just we're just excited. And it's just, it is frustrating if he's not injured. Um, that we're just kind of wanting to you know, Barisic. And for me, you know, like I, I can see why people want to get him in the team quick, but at the same time, he's he's played two games so far for Rangers, and he's he's been so so but it takes time and like Stuart said it could take a season and hopefully we're on to a winner here and he, he can be a left back for a few a few years and and develop and we sell him on for a, a cracking fee but um I it's, it's just a bit of frustration I feel through the fan base but and obviously Barisic is in his position and the fans are using him as a whipping boy again so I what is it about Rangers? No, sorry. What is it about Rangers and left backs over the decades? Do you know what I mean? It's like how many? How many could you actually name who have been abused thoroughly by fans? When actually, if you look back, you could say actually they didn't. They didn't really do that bad a job. It just seems to be that left back position time and time and time again. Uh, so that's a puppet scored it big time after McGregor, didn't he? He did, he did, and then all of a sudden, you know, Papa is there for like six months, and all of a sudden, 
he's your he's your, everybody turning up doing the man to man ratings. Have got him doing as a seven out of ten every single week before they even leave the office because that's how that's how consistent and how good he's going to be. I can go back, like I'll go back further than you guys. Stuart Monroe was absolutely slaughtered and ended up ended up being so, soon as he's left back because soon as slaughtered him, then actually realized actually this boy might be better than what I think he is. Let's play him. And and, and how many you know how many guys have gone into that left back? You know, some of them, some of them justifiably. Stanley Stensas, for one. You know, there's a, that's that'll give you nightmares, folks. You know, he looked an absolute world beater when he was at Rosenberg and turn, turns up at Ibrox, and it's like, are you sure? You know, can we DNA test this guy? He never made his signature and his passport picture. Any chance of DNA test because he doesn't look anything like the guy that played in Norway. So, so, I tell you, uh, I, I tell you, one one Rangers uh, left back that didn't get enough stick from Alec, and that was that Moses McNeil guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking untouchable because he was one of the founding fathers. You know what I mean? Taking the piss, that guy. I tell you, um, Stuart, what's your what's your what's your thoughts going into this into this oh, game? Come on, <laughs> give me some of these thoughts. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think, it, listen, I think it, it, Rangers Rangers should win this one. Being absolutely blunt, you know that, that would be the, the sh- one of the shocks of all time if Rangers wanted to get a result against this Dundee team. Um, you only have to have watched them, you know, of late to actually realise that that the, they are where they are because for one very good reason, and that's because they're not very good. So you'd have to take Rangers to to be to be winning this one. But again, what Rangers team is going to turn up and? What's their mindset going to be? If they think they can go out and score three goals in the first 15 minutes and absolutely demolish Dundee, well, it'll be an easy night. If, however, they suddenly are playing 15 minutes and it's nil-nil and Dundee have missed a few chances and uh, the nerves um, start to, you know, be exposed a wee bit, it could be a, it could be a long night. Uh, it could. And do you know, uh, Cove Rangers actually beat Dundee 3-1 um, on Tuesday, the 4th of October, and one of the goals was scored by Mitch Meganson. Do you remember him? Oh, he was brilliant. Did he not play guitar for um, Alex Harvey Band? No. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> <laughs> he was always in and about them salted peanuts, apparently. Um, <laughs> but, but I know, no, I, I absolutely agree with you, Stuart. I think, um, you know, obviously we'll see we'll see wholesale changes for sure. And I think actually I yield as will probably start um, in this game um, and as well you know Kamal Rufi will get some minutes Morelos will get minutes uh, you know I think um, it's an opportunity for us to um, have um, a team with, with so little chemistry that they'll probably actually create a massive <laughs> explosion and win about 10-0 or something like that um, judging, nice. judging remember by I, hope, I hope Morelos I hope Morelos goes out and actually tries to prove that he's still a, a striker of note and can score goals rather than trying to prove that he's the best fighter in his year at school. Do you know what I mean? I, you're looking for a kind of performance where he actually he, he's doing what he says he does in the tin rather than, you know, just just trying to prove how much a Rangers man he is by getting sent off after 55 minutes. <laughs> it's very strange. 
55 yellow cards. Um, <laughs> I know. I think. Um, I know. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think um, you know he needs to he needs to show a level of maturity, and hopefully, and hopefully that's 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 in him now. Obviously, after his last full pass, and there's been a few. Um, let's not you know let's not be be strangers to that. But um, I'd be interesting. To I see think. I think. Sorry, just just yeah. just to add on to that. Sorry, uh, but I honestly think he must be now sitting there thinking to himself, I've screwed up here. I know have I, I now have Cholak actually getting first call on on the starting place that was mine. What about you know, and if he's asked himself what have, what's he done wrong, then here's a list of things that you've not done or you've done wrong. You had that you had that starting place in that jersey for yourself, and now somebody else is getting and taking it off you. You can either go in the half or you can work extremely hard. And if he does get 90 minutes on a start tomorrow night, you're looking for him to do the latter, and that's get his head down and start, you know, and start chasing chasing goals and chasing the ball again. Aye. The Buffalo, that's what we want back. No, no the one exactly. that smashes into folk, but the one that scores the goals, aye. Aye, no the one that, no, no, no the one that's on a hook in the butcher shop. <laughs> Definitely expensive. know that one. Expensive butchers uh, up that. Like. Uh, it would be very expensive. <laughs> as we as we name drop again. Aye, <laughs> Buffalo butchers. Shout out to, to John, John Skull's butchers in the West End. Hey, what's um, what's your what's your score prediction? Uh, just go three 0 three 0 Rangers. I'll go. I'll go four one Stuart. Controversial clean sheet. I'll go two 0 <laughs> Uh, yeah, 2-0 is fair but I hope it isn't that that'd be that'd be horrible horrible um, that's, what, that's so, what the broadcasters get for sponsoring the tournament <laughs> <laughs> they get a blade of grass with a, with a sponsor logo on it that's what they get <laughs> right, give your, um, your predictions in the chat um, as well um, is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about before we, we, we wrap up this evening's podcast no, I thoroughly enjoyed it thanks for having me again Oh, you're oh, I now know the difference. I now know the difference between um, diluting and <laughs> squash. <laughs> Just you wait till you learn about sleepy tea, Stuart. I tell you what, oh. you've, got, you've got it coming, mate. Oh, aye. you've got it coming. Wasp, in Wordle in the morning. Um, yes, mate. Have you got any shout outs, Wasp? Anyone? Aye. Um, I'll shout out Ross Jameson in the chat. He's a, he's a good pal of mine. Um, also, Grant. Um, my dad and Mo are watching, and my mate Gary, who's on holiday, and I think he's watching as well. If no, shame on you, Gary. And drugs, I, I miss drugs. I love Aye, drugs. Shame, shame on you, Gary. Um, I want to give a shout <laughs> out to my good pal, uh, Thomas Simpson, just to let you know that I'm thinking of you, buddy, and I hope you're well. Um, and I hope your third book hurries up, hurries up <laughs> and comes out. I, I, I don't know where my words went there. Um, but we're, 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 we're relying on a guy called Ian who's basically designing the cover, so you just better hurry up. Hurry up, Ian. Um, Stuart, have you got any any shout outs, mate? I've no friends. <laughs> You've got <laughs> we your family, we your family here. Aldo loves no, us. I... Look. <laughs> I love it. He's I a... love it. Send your address. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, the ranger played it. You're, you're, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. That's it. Um, right, I so all that's left for me to do then is say thanks to everybody who's tuned in uh, tonight and uh, for listening and watching. We absolutely love your support, and without it, this podcast would not exist. It wouldn't exist. It would be a wouldn't even be a a, a thought in your ma's mind. Um, 
anyway, <laughs> enough about that. I've been Snags, he's been Wasp, and he's been Stuart, and we've been the Rangers Air Podcast. We'll see you later. Cheerio.